evening everyone. I want to talk briefly tonight about um, aversion and to put it in its um, Dharma context as you're all aware um, the, the cause of suffering in Buddhist psychology is um, uh, well, the classic way that it's referred to as greed, hatred and ignorance um, words which tend to have a more of a moral overtone to them, um, but which are often translated in our contemporary society so people understand it better as grasping aversion and ignorance. And uh, some people use the word attachment and aversion, but um, my colleagues and myself tend to use the word grasping because attachment's got a whole lot of other different meanings to it in terms of bonding and so on. So in terms of not using confusing language, we tend to use the words um, grasping and aversion. And they go together as a pair. Where there's one, there's the other. And um, from a Buddhist psychology perspective, um, ignorance is really ignorance of our true nature or the true nature of life, you know, where there's no superiority or inferiority or better or worse and so on, things just as they are the suchness of life, and but we, we become ignorant of that, we get out of touch with it, and as we get out of touch with it, we are then thrown into grasping at things and having aversion to things, and that cycle going round and round and round, greed, hatred and ignorance, um, is in Buddhist psychology the ego, that's the ego itself, that dynamic. So it's something that kind of, kind of exists as a dynamic and yet it doesn't exist, it's just a kind of a, a fabrication of our mind. But it does exist in the sense that um, it has an impact on us and our sense of being in the world and our health and so on. And the um, Zen writer Alan Watts described the ego as a psychophysical tension. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of something that is but it isn't really. But um, let me just focus on aversion. Maybe we'll do some talks around ignorance and grasping another time. But it's possible to actually go th through a life of meditating um, or practicing mindfulness and not really bump into the teaching of aversion. Mm -hmm. And it's possible people can, can take up mindfulness practice, meditation practice, and even practice for years. Um, but the intention is to try and create a peaceful inner experience, you know, and may even see the inner world as safer or richer in some way. But never, never actually being conscious that by doing that, that it's driven by an aversion to life becomes kind of a safe little quiet place to go to and um, uh, but if you practice mindfulness within this Buddhist psychology um, then it's informed by this dynamic of grasping and aversion and the whole point of practicing mindfulness within that, that, that Buddhist psychology is to dissolve grasping and aversion to see it so clearly, see it rising moment by moment and being able to identify it until through the power of attention to it and noticing the, the 
the, the impact that comes from that in your life, the karma, so to speak, that comes from that in your life, you see that it's kind of a prison and it starts to dissolve and, and drop away. And some more freedom comes with that. Um, so that's basic Buddhist psychology and, and the point of practicing meditation within that framework. Um, and if we're not if we if we if we're not aware of our aversion to things in life, we keep on reacting to them, you know, and they keep on irritating us, and there's no freedom. Now, having said that, let's look at some basic biological common sense. Bring that into the equation as well. Human beings are wired up to. Um, experience pain and pleasure or neutrality and we move towards any any um, any human being with any common sense will avoid pain where they can and go towards pleasurable experiences right isn't that that's that's what a human being does like for instance yesterday I was out sailing and um, I went to get something out of a locker and I put my foot in there and I trod on something that was unstable and I really bruised the back of my leg badly well, I'm going to remember that. I'm, not going to, I'm going to try not to do that next time and be more sensible about it. Or if I'm doing carpentry, you know, and I hit my, my thumb with a hammer, right, well, I'm not going to just be, ignore it, you know, and hit myself with a hammer again. I'll do it in a different way so I, I don't keep hitting my thumb with a hammer. That's a natural part of human experience that you don't want to deliberately cause pain for yourself because it hurts, right? And... On the pleasurable side, do you know if I happen to like coffee rather than chamomile tea, well, in the morning I'll make a coffee rather than drink chamomile tea. That's just what we naturally do as human beings. So how does this Buddhist teaching fit with this this sort of normal biology that it is to be a human being? What it really is, which I was referring to and those words I was saying during the Dharma talk, there is, life is made up of unpleasant experiences, pleasant experiences, neutral experiences. There's some things that we like and there's some things that we don't like, right? That's just life. And as a human being, we'll, we'll gravitate towards the things which are pleasant rather than painful if we can. But really what the teaching of, of aversion is, is what do we add on to the experience of something being painful or unpleasant. It's not the experience of pain or unpleasantness itself which is the issue. It's what do we add on to it. And if we examine what we do as human beings, something painful or unpleasant happens in our life, whatever it might be, something coming from another person or something coming from the environment, and what do we do? We add on judgment, we add on anger, we add on hate, we add on aggression, we also add on fear, do you know, and anxiety. They're all, as one of my psychology supervisors was fond of saying in supervision, it's an add-on, right? It's just an add-on. Mm-hmm. And that's what aversion is, it's an add-on to the, the way life, the suchness of life just presents itself to us in any, any moment. So it's not incompatible with understanding our natural biology, right? It's just recognising the psychological stuff that we add on top of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we all do it, 
we all and and as we practice meditation and if we we're aware of this grasping aversion tendency of the mind um, we do become more mindful of what our aversions are in life and that's a good thing that we have mm -hmm. and if we practice and, and equanimity emerges, well, we just, we just see things as they are without doing the add-on. The add-on starts to drop away. It's unnecessary. don't need the add-ons. It doesn't add any value to the experience. You know? And um, so you, um, you uh, hit your thumb with a, with a hammer and it hurts. You know? uh -huh. And uh, and, the, and if you're like me, you might have an um, immediate desire to blame the hammer. You know, <laughs> that's, the <laughs> that's the add-on, absolutely. I'm blame myself, <laughs> immediate blame for myself. Yeah, well, that's an add-on too when we blame ourselves as well as others. There's all various intriguing ways we can do it, skillful ways we can do it. But, um, but if you're practicing with it, well, you just notice that it really hurts a lot, you know, and then you find a way of not doing it again. That's all, that's all that's required. Mm -hmm. But that's not as the way most human beings go through their life. Do you know? And um, the thing is, is that, that aversion and grasping are really like prison walls. You know, that there's no freedom in life if our life is driven by all of that stuff. And, and what we refer to as liberational freedom from the Zen point of view, of course it's not just being able to do anything you want to do but it's being free from these dual forces that just narrow our, our life in, they limit it. You know? mm. So all we're doing is, is living in this little narrow world of, of reactivity all the time. And um, it, it, it closes down our, our ability to appreciate life for what it is and enjoy life for what it is. So it's, it's reactivity can come in the form of um, anger but it also can come in the form of fear as well, and usually one's triggering the other off. Um, as we mature in practice and we become aware of aversion and we notice what we add on, then the transformation that takes place in that is that we have... Um, there tends to be less things in our life that we have aversion to. And then, and then when we do have aversion, it doesn't last quite as long. It just kind of tends to um, drop away more quickly. And, and the positive thing that comes out of that is it's a tendency just to uh, have a sense of gratitude and appreciate life for what it is um, rather than what we expect it should be. But if you're caught in this frame of what it should be, um, you're kind sort of preoccupied with it and you're always looking out for it and you don't see the blue sky. Mm -hmm. You don't see the, the waves you know, on the ocean, the wind on your face. So, mindfulness in itself is a great teaching but when you put it within this context of what you're actually trying to do with it in a Dharma context, it brings more um, uh, bite to it, you know? it brings more meaning to it. <laughs>